Welcome to Music History Monday for June 20th, 2022. I'm Bob Greenberg, and the title for today's podcast is Theodore Ignatievich Stravinsky. If you haven't already, please consider joining me on my subscription site at patreon.com slash robertgreenbergmusic, where I blog, vlog, podcast, pontificate, review, and bloviate four to six times a week. We mark the birth on June 20th, 1843, 179 years ago today, of the Russian bass opera singer Fyodor Ignatievich Stravinsky in the city of Minsk, which is today the capital of Belarus, but was then part of the Russian Empire. Considered one of the greatest singers of his time, Fyodor Ignatievich has largely been forgotten because one, he never recorded, and two, he's been eclipsed by the fame of his son, the composer Igor Stravinsky, 1882 to 1971. We'll get to maestro Fyodor Stravinsky in a bit, but first we must observe that June 20th is one of those crazy special dates, a date on which it would appear that a really disproportionate number of people have been born. I'm basing that statement on the number of notable musicians, writers, actors, and entertainment industry people who were born on June 20th, as revealed during my research for this post. For example, here are some, some June 20th birthdays. In music, on June 20th, 1819, the German-French composer Jakob, later Jacques Offenbach, was born in Cologne, which was then part of Prussia. He died in 1880 in Paris. The great American guitarist Chet Atkins was born on this day in 1924 in Luttrell, Tennessee. He died in 2001. The jazz saxophonist and clarinetist Eric Dolphy was born on June 20th, 1928 in Los Angeles. He died in 1964. The American singer-songwriter and co-founder of the Beach Boys, Brian Wilson, was born on this date in 1942 in the Southern Californian city of Inglewood. And the Canadian singer, Anne Murray, was born on this date in 1945 in Spring Hill, Nova Scotia. The pianist Andre Watts was born on June 20th, 1946 in Nuremberg, Germany. The singer Lionel Richie was born on this date in 1949 in Tuskegee, Alabama. In the world of letters, the American playwright Lillian Hellman was born on June 20th, 1905 in New Orleans. She died on Martha's Vineyard in 1984. Hey. The home improvement guru, Bob Villa, was born on this date in 1946. Actors born on June 20th include Errol Flynn, 1909 to 1959, Martin Landau, 1928 to 2017, Olympia Dukakis, 1931 to 2021, Danny Aiello, 1933 to 2019, John Goodman, born 1952, Nicole Kidman, born 1967, and Tika Sumter, born 1980. 
The American filmmaker Robert Rodriguez was born on June 20th, 1969, in San Antonio, Texas. Our final June 20th baby, for now, is the five foot five inch tall American soldier, actor, songwriter, and rancher, Audie Leon Murphy. He was the single most decorated American combat soldier of World War II, having received virtually every military combat award for valor available from the United States Army, including the Congressional Medal of Honor. How? How might we explain the birth date fecundity of June 20th? Well, when all else fails, turn to astrology. The astrological sign for June 20th is Gemini. June 20th is the last day of Gemini. Cancer begins on June 21st. According to those in the astrological know, quote, people who are born on June 20th are characterized as caring, loving, and courteous individuals. They have a positive attitude towards life and are popular amongst their peers for their positive nature. People who are born during this time crave challenging situations in life and go to almost any extent looking for thrills. It is better if the people born on June 20th opt for creative jobs rather than mundane jobs, for they are extremely talented. These individuals are good candidates for excelling as musicians, writers, or artists." Unquote. Oh, We'd note that as astrological nonsense goes, that last line, these individuals are good candidates for excelling as musicians, writers, or artists, isn't bad. But for now, we're going to write off the striking number of birthdays on June 20th to coincidence and move on. Fyodor Ignatievich Stravinsky, 1843-1902. to 1902. He was born of Polish descent in the government or province of Minsk in what had been part of Poland until 1793, when the Russian Empire sliced off and annexed a large chunk of Poland in what is euphemistically called the Second Partition of Poland. Today, the province of Minsk is part of the nation of Belarus, which is advised to mind its P's and Q's, as Tsar Putin no more considers Belarus to be a separate country than he does Ukraine. Not that you need me to point this out, but I'll do it anyway. The annexation of Crimea in 2014 and the present attempts to destroy Ukraine and annex the Donbass demonstrate that Russian actions towards its neighbors have not changed a whit in hundreds of years. Invade, occupy, and annex. Invade, occupy, and annex. Repeat as necessary until the desired result has been achieved. In 1959, Igor Stravinsky explained the origin of his family's name. Quote, Stravinsky comes from Strava, the name of a small river tributary to the Vistula in eastern Poland. We were originally called Sulima Stravinsky, Sulima being the name of another Vistula branch. But when Russia annexed this part of Poland, the Sulima was for some reason dropped." Unquote. 
Fyodor Stravinsky grew up and attended Gimnazja Grammar School in the formerly Polish city of Neshin. For our information, Neshin is today located in Ukraine. 72 miles northeast of Kyiv, it has been badly damaged by rocket attacks during Putin's invasion. As a student, Fyodor Stravinsky sang as an amateur, first in choirs, and then as a soloist. Although he attended law school and had a career as a civil servant ahead of him, his abilities as a singer convinced him to take a shot at making a career of it. In 1869, at the rather advanced age of 26, he enrolled at the St. Petersburg Conservatory. On graduating in 1873, he sang the role of Don Basilio in a student performance of Mozart's The Marriage of Figaro. Critics were in attendance, and they were impressed. He was immediately engaged by the Kyiv Opera Theater in Ukraine, where he made his professional debut on September 3, 1873, in the role of Count Rodolfo in Vincenzo Bellini's La Sonnambula, composed in 1831. And that was that. Fyodor Ignatievich Stravinsky became an up-and-coming star in a country where audiences worshipped, that's not too strong a word, bass singers like himself. How low can you go? The lowest bass voice type is called a basso profondo. That's Italian for deep bass. That's what it's called in the West, and it's called an octavist in Russia. These are singers who can comfortably get down to a C, two octaves below middle C, though many Russian octavists can go down to an A below that and sometimes even lower. A video is linked that features a number of short excerpts, all featuring Russian octavists hitting crazy low notes as if they were nothing but middle C's. For hundreds of years, such super low male voices have been exceptionally popular in Russia. This popularity is a function of traditional Russian machismo. Such basses are big men with big, deep voices, men and voices that mirror the Russian national self-image with its predilections for size, power, and expressive gravitas. The emphasis on deep, basso profondo choral singing in the Russian Orthodox Church mirrors these predilections as well. Back to Fyodor Stravinsky. Fyodor Stravinsky remained in Kyiv until 1876, when he became the principal bass for the Imperial Opera at the Marinsky Theater in St. Petersburg. For Russian opera, this was as big time as it gets, the equivalent of becoming a principal at the Met, La Scala, or the Paris Opera. Stravinsky appeared on the boards at the Marinsky for 26 consecutive years until the year of his death in 1902. He appeared in a total of 1,235 performances at the Marinsky, during which he sang 64, 64 different roles. Fyodor Stravinsky reportedly performed serious, tragic, and comic roles with equal ease. Based on what I've read, 
he would almost certainly have been as great a success on stage today as he was in his lifetime. That's not just because he was an outstanding singer, but because he was considered by his contemporaries to be as great an actor as he was a singer. In an age when singers were known to anchor themselves to the stage and belt out their parts, park and debark as it is known today, Fyodor Stravinsky was an operatic Marlon Brando, a method singer before method acting was invented. According to Jennifer Spencer and Edward Garden, writing in the New Grove Dictionary of Music and Musicians, quote, an intelligent and inspired performer, Stravinsky scorned the purely routine and superficial approach to his art and made a thorough psychological study of each character he portrayed, jotting down ideas for his interpretation in a notebook which he always carried. He took an interest in every aspect of stagecraft and was an authority on makeup and costume design." Unquote. Contemporary composers adored him, and Fyodor Stravinsky was entrusted with creating some of the most important basso roles of his time. Stravinsky created the role of Skula in the premiere of Alexander Borodin's Prince Igor of 1890. He was the first mayor in Rimsky-Korsakov's May Night, 1880, the first Mistyevoy in Rimsky-Korsakov's Mlada, 1892, the first Panas in Rimsky-Korsakov's Christmas Eve, 1895, and the first Moroz, King Frost, in Rimsky-Korsakov's The Snow Maiden, 1882. He premiered the role of Ivan the Terrible in Anton Rubinstein's The Merchant Kalishnikov, 1880, and of Andrei Dubrovsky in Edward Dubrovnik's Dubrovsky, 1896. Theodore Stravinsky created roles in three, three of Tchaikovsky's operas, those of His Royal Highness in Vakula the Smith, 1876, of Dunois, in The Maid of Orléans, 1881, and of Mamirov in The Enchantress, 1887. It is posterity's great loss that Fyodor Stravinsky's death in 1902 at the age of 59 precluded him from recording. Had he lived another 10 years, he would almost certainly have left behind some sort of recorded legacy. Igor Stravinsky's Memories of His Father Unavoidably, Fyodor Stravinsky is primarily remembered today as being the father of Igor Stravinsky. Theirs was a difficult relationship, particularly given Igor's musical ambitions and Fyodor's conviction that his son did not have the talent to even consider a musical career. In an interview conducted in 1959, the 77-year-old Igor Stravinsky was asked to describe his father's character. His response? Oh, oh, he was not very commode, meaning easy. In fact, I was constantly frightened of him, which I suppose has deeply harmed my own character. He had an uncontrollable temper, and life with him was very difficult. He would lose himself in his anger, suddenly and unexpectedly, and without regard to where he might happen to be. I remember being terribly humiliated in a street 
in the German spa town of Bad Hamburg when he suddenly ordered me to return to our hotel room. I was in my 11th or 12th year, and when I sulked, instead of immediately obeying him, he caused a major scandal in the street. He was affectionate with me only when I was ill, which seems to me an excellent excuse for any hypochondriac tendencies I might have. Whether or not to gain his affection, I caught pleurisy when I was 13 and was left with tuberculosis for a time afterwards. During this period of illness, he was a different man to me, and I forgave him everything that had happened before. He was a distant parent, however, distant not only to his children, but also, or so it seemed to me, to his surroundings. He impressed me in his death more than he had ever done in his life. He had once fallen on the stage of the Marinsky Theater, and some time later he suddenly complained of great pain in his back at the place that had been struck by the fall. He went to Berlin for Röntgen treatment, that's a form of radiation treatment using x-rays, but the cancer, which is what it was, had developed beyond hope of cure. He died a year and a half later on the couch of his study, saying, I feel so good, so very good. His death brought us, meaning Stravinsky's mother and brothers, close together, unquote. Theodore's death at the age of 59 also ironically changed Stravinsky's life for the better. At the age of 20, with his father dead and finally free to pursue his musical ambitions, Stravinsky dropped out of law school and went on to become one of the great adult musical prodigies of all time. In 1912, 10 years after his father's death, Stravinsky would compose The Rite of Spring, the single most influential piece of music written during the 20th century. Thank you. To sample and download one or all of my many courses on subjects musical produced by The Great Courses slash The Teaching Company, please visit my website at robertgreenbergmusic.com.